You are listening to Music Why, connecting musicians around the world on a quest for the answer. Hello, everyone. This is Anna Summers with episode two in the mini series Music and Feminism on Music Why. I'm here today with Tammy Lee Hughes a female performing artist, violinist, educator, and consultant who understands classical music and diverse communities. She helps general audiences, educators, and students dive into Afroclassical music in ways that are accessible and fun. Tammy Lee Hughes also helps organizations address challenges associated with diversity in classical music so they can be inclusive and welcoming to everyone. I met Dr. Hughes at a webinar presentation last fall in which we discussed the term Afroclassical music in a way that was very meaningful for me at the time. When I reached out to her for the podcast, she was more than happy to accept my invitation. I enjoyed listening to Tammy's perspective, her story, and her well-defined mission, quote, to present programming that serves all demographics and encourages everyone to engage in a diverse musical world, end quote. She helped me realize that for the women of today, one of the best things we can do is create value and opportunity for ourselves within our communities by turning towards our identity and the things that are the most important to us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Music Why. I am so excited to welcome our guest today, Dr. Tammy Lee Hughes, who is a fabulous performing artist, educator, and consultant who understands classical music and diverse communities, which is a really great way to introduce our subject of conversation today on music and feminism, which we're going to kind of dive into a little bit. But before I get into that, Tammy, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. For our audience members who may not be familiar with your work, I kind of wanted to ask you, first of all, what is your story? Where did you start your musical journey and how did that turn into what you decided to center your whole career around? Oh, that's a great question. I started playing the violin at the age of four and I didn't know, of course, that I wanted to be a musician at that point. I always say um, I didn't choose music, it chose me because I started (laughs) so young and it was just always a part of my life. So I grew up with very traditional classical training. I went through all through school um, and college majoring in music, graduated, went out there and was like, I've got to pay some bills. I need to make some money being a musician. So um, I tried doing all the traditional things. I've done almost everything. I've taught privately, started with a private studio. I eventually um, landed a position at a university. So I was a professor for a short time, well, for a few years. And then I had the opportunity to play with the Baltimore Symphony for a year. And then I went into some, started playing with other groups, I guess, around the country, like the Memphis Symphony and Symphony Orchestra Augusta. And kind of this whole process of becoming a, a classical musician has unfolded in a very unique way for me. And I think that's because 
I didn't feel that I was in my genius zone until I really figured out how to be myself as a classical musician. So I specialize in diversity and classical music. And I had to, I kind of went the traditional routes and thought that's how you're successful as a musician. You do all the things that everyone else is doing. You need to play in an orchestra. You need to be a professor. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, you know, it wasn't until I gave myself permission to be myself and really explore the things that interest me that I found my place in the classical music world. So Mm. that's my story in a nutshell. Mm. Remind me where you grew up. I grew up in Baton Rouge, um, Louisiana, in a very um, Creole part of (laughs) the state. (laughs) um, I have a a Creole background. So I grew up hearing all kinds of music. I loved growing up in Baton Rouge. I heard everything. My parents were both musicians. So they were pianists and I grew up hearing gospel music and classical music in my home. Also grew up with a lot of jazz and blues in my ears in Louisiana. So I had a very diverse pool of sounds around me growing up. And I think that very much shaped who I am as a performing artist. Yeah. Oh, I love that word Creole. Will you define that word for our audiences? Oh, that means a lot of different things to a lot of people, but yeah. Um, That means that I have um, ancestors who were from France Mm. and um, directly from France. In fact, it's a fascinating story because we were able to trace my family back to the first person who came from France to uh, to Louisiana during a time in which that was happening a lot. So, but that just means that I have French ancestors who came here and over the course of time, the family they married brown people and had brown kids leading all the way down to me. So awesome. Yeah. So kind of a Creole standing for like a mixture of mixtures and practices that becomes its own genre of culture, right? Yes. So that I know informs a lot of your current career, right? As a musician. So taking that, I kind of wanted to go down that little rabbit hole and ask you why is music important to you especially as it relates to kind of identity Mm. you know music has always been a part of my life I don't know life without music and so it's just an integral part of who I am I think that I realized when I realized I wanted to be a musician it took a while for me to get there I was being a typical kid and didn't want to do what my parents did (laughs) (laughs) for a while I thought I'm not going to be I was trying to do anything but that but that was a short while but when I just really committed to you know becoming a professional musician you know I just knew this is this is just a part of who I am I can't separate it the violin has been on my shoulder since I was four and I haven't stopped playing since that time and for me music is a way of connecting with other people And in Louisiana particular, you know, music is a part of everyday life. I mean, we hear music everywhere. I mean, it's it's important at family dinners. It's important at church. It's important in the community gatherings. So I just don't know a world without music. For me, I guess the most important part of being a musician is having the ability to connect to people and share something that's enjoyable. Mm. Well, I love that. And I love how 
violin isn't like this thing that you've conformed to, so to speak, is is you've used violin to kind of be I, I love that you're a violinist, by the way. It's just, I just oh. <laughs> feel so connected to you for that reason. But um you've used violin to kind of enhance what's important to you, your values, so to speak, right? Yes. And it took a while. I want to say that as a student, that's not how I was thinking. So I think it's sure. been progression for me. I think as a more mature um, musician and over time, I've come to that place. It's not my whole identity. It's just a part of me. It's, it's yeah. what I do, but it's not my whole identity. I love that. Yeah. The only time I ever refer to myself as a violinist is when I'm in orchestra, like rehearsals. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just oh, a woman who plays violin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. So given your platform, you know, as an educator, as a consultant who is helping to helping general audiences, educators and students dive into Afroclassical music, mm-hmm. um, which I'd love to ask like a little mini definition of, well, actually, first of all, Afroclassical music. What is Afroclassical music? Um, Afroclassical music is classical music combined with styles typically associated with African-American history and culture. So that would include jazz, blues, hip hop, R&B, gospel, spirituals, and anything else that you might hear, you know, in the Black communities. That's a beautiful platform because we're working towards it, right? But we often don't associate, historically speaking, classical music with composers or musicians of color, right? And absolutely, there's a very rich and diverse history of composers and musicians of color. And I love that you're you're out to kind of work on educating and, and being more inclusive in, in our communities or helping people to feel more included in this yes. system we call classical music, right? Yes. So in what ways do you see music as a tool for diversity and inclusion in the arts? Music is uh, something that really transcends culture and it transcends everything, gender, culture, age, everything. We may not speak the same language, but we can play music together. Or I might not understand, you know, I might not be where you're from, but boy, when I hear you play that Spanish piece, my ears are on fire. So I think that music is just a way that we can connect creatively to people who are maybe different than we are. And it's also a way for us to learn about other cultures and embrace them ourselves. That's what I love about diversity. And when I say diversity, you know, inclusion for me means including people who are not typically represented, you know, in a particular system like classical music. But diversity is everybody. So diversity doesn't mean that African classical music is just for people of color or people who are not typically represented. Diversity means that everybody's sitting at the table, Caucasian Americans, African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans. That means everybody's sitting at the table. So I think music is such a great tool because it can ease the tension. We can, we can share music together. You know, it's just a way of connecting and easing the tension. And it takes the focus off of ways that we're divided and it helps us to think about ways that we can connect. And so I think, I mean, and music is just one thing. It can be art, it can be food, cooking, you know, anything like that. 
that kind of helps us to helps us to just to maybe not focus on the tension, but try to find positive ways to connect to each other and enjoy one another. Mm. I love the image of coming to the table. You know, yeah. your image of the soul food of classical music. Yes. Where, where were you when you came up with that? Because I, <laughs> I've never heard it. And I just, I love it because I love soul food. I spent you know oh. three years in Charleston just mm-hmm. gluttonizing over <laughs> soul food. It's good stuff. And so, so yeah, where did you come up with that idea? It's just, you know, it's not, it's not even anything I had to come up with. It's just how I grew up. I love it. (laughs) I mean, when you think about people coming together, everybody likes to eat. Uh huh. So inviting people to come to a table to share a meal. I mean, that's like, if you want to, if you want to break, I call it break barriers, you know, have people sit down and share food, share a meal. So, and everybody likes to eat good food. So I, I call Afri classical music, the soul food of classical music. I love um, it. So, or the soul of classical music. So it's not something I had to think about because I grew up eating all that food and <laughs> I grew up going to family dinners and I grew up with that, with those kinds of um, experiences. So yeah. it's just a part of who I am. I love Even it. I'm a vegan now. <laughs> I don't eat soul food anymore like that. Oh man. <laughs> But I, I'm very much know that culture. So yeah, no more yeah. beef suet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I love it. I love that. Term. In fact, I might infuse that somewhere in this podcast episode title. We'll, we'll have to see what I come up okay. with. <laughs> um, awesome. So what I love about our conversation is that we are two also women who are, yeah. you know, trying to make well, you're not trying. I'm trying. You're making it in this amazing career as an artist professional, right? Or professional artist. So what kind of comments do you have on gender equality in the music industry? This is very near and dear to my heart because of some experiences I've had as a classical artist. I remember I worked at one of my uh, jobs as a professor. I was part of a faculty that had very few women and there were only, and and I think maybe even only maybe two, maybe three people of color out of a large group of faculty members. And I had some interesting experiences on that job, interacting with some of my male colleagues. And I think for me, um, I always felt that if I went in and did my job very well and professionally that I would be respected. Mm-hmm. And um, there were some cases I think in that, and I was also the youngest, I should also add that. So mm. I was an African-American <laughs> wow. the faculty um, and a woman as well. And there were, there were only a few women in the, on the faculty at that time. So I think I didn't really understand what was going on in terms of gender in the classical music world until I was in that situation and felt I was in some challenging situations. I'll just say it like that. Mm. And so I think in terms of gender equality, um, we definitely have a long way to go. Classical music has been historically male dominated, but I think as women, we have to muscle our way in. We have to create our own opportunities. That's why I love women who are business people 
in the mm. music industry because mm. you're not waiting for someone to give you an opportunity. You create your opportunity. You make your opportunity. And I say the same thing also for um, people of color, but that's why I think creating things is so important because if we wait for someone to hand something to us on a silver platter, we'll be waiting a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, let's roll our sleeves up as women and create some things and muscle our way right on into the music industry and make it happen. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of my approach. And the other thing that I think is so important for women in classical music is to build community. I think sometimes we should not look at each other as competition. We need to support each other and we need to build um, community. And I think that mentorship, I think that's the other word I wanted to use, mentorship. So I think mentoring people who are, you know, not who are behind you, but also maybe getting a mentor or asking a woman to mentor you who's kind of where you want to be or who has a little bit more experience. I think that's also very important. But I think we have to lift each other up and not worry about being, you know, competition for each other. So we all just have to help each other get our, you know, get in there. So I love that. There's three big takeaways I got from that. Be willing to create your own opportunities, not just willing, but just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Create your own opportunities. Don't wait for permission. Right. And be an avid community builder, right? Somebody who is who is out there for the success of the whole, right? And and that is just so important for making one your career relevant mm-hmm. and adding to the voices out there that are promoting the arts and using arts as a tool to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then not to be afraid of reaching out to mentors. Did I did I get it all? That's great. That's great. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, I just thought about, you know, my biggest mentor in classical music is actually my teacher, Sally O'Reilly. I studied with her, um, I think from the age of 12 all the way through college. Wow. With the exception of one year. And, you know, she is someone who is just very no nonsense. And she doesn't let anyone tell her what her place is in the world. And so I'm so fortunate that I had an example like her growing up as a young artist. I mean, she just, she does what she wants to do with no apologies. I'm so thankful I had an example like her. And I think all of us need those role models. You know, we need examples. So I love being resources, you know, to people because I think that's part of how we'll make progress in terms of gender equality. Absolutely. It was really not until this year that I've had female professors who played such a significant Mm -hmm. role in my life, Dr. McClinton, as you know, um, who I love, (laughs) but it's been such an amazing thing to come here and to experience the awesomeness of of all these female role models. And you're certainly numbered among them now. And it's, it's so great to talk to you today. Thank you for your time and for sharing your wisdom with our audiences here. I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you for taking the time to explore with me as I continue to dig deep into the why behind music. Subscribe to the podcast via Apple, Anchor, or Spotify, and you'll get updates whenever I publish new episodes. Until next time, 
Much love to you all.